Hey there everybody, ever felt like you're nailing it and are totally having a tremendous career? However, when it comes to investing, it feels like you're reading a book upside down? Welcome to Breaking Your Golden Handcuffs podcast, where we educate, inspire, and hopefully along the way, assist you to transform those commission checks and bonus checks and every other check you get into financial freedom. Every week, we'll deep dive into the world of investing literacy. Being uninvolved in your investing life will not get you to financial independence. And I'm here to guide you step by step from understanding the basic to mastering the advanced strategies. Stay informed, stay empowered, and I'll catch you on the next episode of Breaking Your Golden Handcuffs. Hey everybody, David McElwain here with another great, exciting episode of Break Your Golden Handcuffs. I'm really excited to have with me today, Adrian Ray. Adrian is uh, the founder of Hey Ray's Creative, and she and I are friends. She's helped me in a lot of my marketing, and uh, we've done some uh, deep diving and I'm really excited to have her on today. Anyway, for Adrian, her bio, after an exciting career in the commercial arts industry, starting off as a producer and ultimately closing out that chapter as an agent for commercial photographers, Adrian brings over a decade of experience collaborating with artists, ad agencies, and to ad agencies to the real estate industry, helping operators and capital raisers build meaningful brand identities and create effective content that converts sideliners to active investors. Adrian, welcome to the show. Thanks for having me, David. So I'm excited to have you here. We met through, uh, um, uh, uh, I guess, a mastermind. I lost the brain. Yeah. I lost the word. We met through a mastermind called Raise Masters. And um, tell me, what attracted you to the idea of raising capital and syndications in the commercial real estate space? Well, I actually thought it would be a good balance for me, considering I don't come from a finance background. I don't have a ton of experience in real estate. What I have much more experience in is just simply dealing with people. So I thought this would be um, the way that I could bridge the gap between my inherent native skills that I have and my passion for real estate. And I love that experience in, in Raise Masters. It really provided a lot of the tools. Uh, to get me started. So I thought it was a great experience. And no matter what you're doing, whether it's real estate or another business venture, there's always going to be a need to learn how to market, how to sell, how to raise capital for those endeavors. So it was extremely invaluable for um, for anything that I have coming on in the future. Yeah. So you said earlier you wanted to get into real estate as a full-time investor. Tell me a little bit about that journey. Well, it started um, in single family homes and building up an Airbnb portfolio. And this has been awesome, but multifamily has always been the focus. And it's not um, it's not on the back burner. It's still very much the focus. But I decided to bring my skills into the real estate industry and build Hayrays uh, to address a need that I saw that I felt like I could really contribute to and make a difference. And that's providing- and what was that need you what was that need that you saw? I don't mean to cut you off. Sorry. I was kind of curious. Yeah. You, said you, you left that big hairy matzo ball out there. I saw this need. So tell me about the need. Yeah. That um, helping people identify their brand and how to communicate. This was a huge part of what I did working in advertising and uh, working with creative directors and brands is taking that uh, their initial concept for a commercial uh, promotion and advertisement, whatever it may be, pairing that with the artists that can execute it 
and then often helping them refine the message through visuals. So, so much of what we do in marketing for uh, raising capital right now is through visuals, a lot of words and a lot of visuals now in social media. So keeping that message consistent and building a brand that resonates with an audience is really important for getting your message clearly across to your potential investors and keeping the ones you already have as well. So I, I, this might sound like a rude question, but I really don't want it to be. So, so what? Isn't the deal just about the numbers in real estate? And I've seen a ton of presentations and a ton of real estate companies that have very poor brands. And as an investor, I always think too sexy a brand is too much show. And as an investor, someone who throws a terrible PowerPoint against the wall, I also think, ugh. So what's the sweet spot in there? Yeah, I think the sweet spot is identifying what your unique brand is. For some people that have uh, maybe a legacy experience in this industry, or they've been in it for a while, they've got very deep personal relationships. Uh, for them, the brand may not matter so much to get them through from one deal to the next. And at a certain level, it it doesn't matter too much. But when you're trying to break in and set yourself apart from a lot of other investment opportunities that are out there, now it's time you need to spruce yourself up and get an image that looks professional and that does speak to your audience that you want to target. If you have a base of investors that you're moving on from one project to the next with, and they don't mind what your branding looks like, then that's awesome. But if you're going to try to go out there and bring in some new investment dollars, go from retail investors to institutional family offices, or if you're trying to expand your retail investor base, you're going to need to appeal to that larger, newer audience somehow. And if you can't get yourself in front of them one at a time, you're going to need to appeal to them one to many, to the masses. And that's really where you're going to need to land on your branding and your messaging to speak for you. So now the landscape has just kind of changed where there's a lot of players in this field and you have to do something to stand out. So as an investor, why, would, why do I care about this? Well, to each their own. Maybe you don't, but I think it is important as an investor to consider the messaging and how your how the operators that you're considering present themselves. Because it's how you do one thing is how you do everything. And if they have a sloppy approach to um, their own presentations, to their own branding, their own messaging, perhaps that can carry over into their numbers. And I'm not saying it does all the time, but it. You know, it's it's something worth considering. If they're not willing to invest in themselves and their presentation, there could be some gaps there that are worth looking at, worth considering. I love that phrase. How you do one thing is how you do everything, and I think that's very apropos. I, for some of my listeners, they may know this. I have a I had a long career in advertising and marketing, and uh, so this is a subject near and dear to my heart. My belief is that if the deck is sloppy. The work's going to be sloppy. The results will be sloppy. If the deck is a hundred percent short and doesn't have any minutia, what what's the communication going to be like? As an passive investor, I've seen this before and before, where I get horrific communication from some of the investments I'm in. I've got guys who are hundred percent analysts, and they just send me the. Literally, I get the checkbook statements 
from the property management company. And in order for me to really dive into that, I got to go through and be an accountant. As a passive investor, I want to know some core metrics. And I think this is a real indicator for me when I bring out an offering to make sure that it's clear, concise, and complete. Yeah. And a lot of that back-end work is definitely worth considering as an investor as well. How much of that is going to be packaged up in a way that you can understand it? And if a company doesn't have their assets in order, their uh, and by assets, I mean their Um, documentation process in order, it's going to be really hard for them to deliver that at scale for individuals, for all of their investors. So, you know, if that's something that's important to you, if you don't want to uh, become the accountant or know how to read through all those numbers, um, then yeah, it's worth considering. Yeah. And I think it also, for me, I I use it as a weed out. I have a, a general partner that I invested with and, uh, now I get updates that say, we are going to be there in the next several months. And that means nothing to me. Or we're going to do approximately 10 of this. You know, that doesn't mean anything. What I want to know are hard, in fact, data points. And I think this is part of it. So tell me, as, as the founder of HayRaise, what's been the most common thing you look for in working with clients from a uh, criteria to work with you? Because I know there's a lot of listeners we have that are syndicators. And a lot of them know that this is a void and it's something that you're specializing in. So what have you learned? Yeah. When, when I'm looking for clients, I definitely want to work with those clients that are, that are hungry to elevate their image. This is important. A lot of people know there's a lot of talk out there about uh, investing in your marketing, improving your marketing. But if you're, if you're not really committed to that, then it's going to be a bumpy ride. So you have to be open and willing to doing the work because it really does take work. If you're pumping out generic information right now and you really want to fine tune that to make sure you're talking to the right avatar, your messaging is accurate, it really does take a dedicated process. You have to sit down and think about yourself, which can be awkward for a lot of people. And then you have to think about where you want to go in your business. And that takes a lot of time. And um, it, it's just something you have to set time aside for. And if you aren't going to do that work, it makes my job so much harder when somebody sits down and really pours all of their energy into, uh, we do, a we do a, a, a workshop session when somebody really pours their energy into that session and gives me real nuggets to work with, we can craft a brand that's very authentically them, very uniquely them and, and position them in, um, in their investors eyes, uh, in a very advantageous way. Just because they they were willing to do the work and put it and put in the time that's required, so that's that's paramount, truly. Um, you know, otherwise you're you're just going to keep pushing out generic, and that's not going to set you apart. And that setting apart is a crucial element, right? Because there's so much choice out there now, and as a passive yeah. investor, it's a definite decision maker for me. And if I get a deck that's asking for $250,000 and they've got seven slides in there and there's no minutiae, I'm not going to pay attention to it. Mm-hmm. And if I get a deck that's 55 slides and it's nothing but minutiae, I'm going to throw it out too. There's, a, there's definitely something in there. So, you know, yeah. I hear a lot of people talking about artificial intelligence and AI doing all of the work for you. Right. Where do you land on this uh, iterative new technology? I love it. I think it's amazing. I think it's moving so quickly. 
so quickly that it's a little bit terrifying. We're at a point where if you can visualize what it is you want to happen, utilizing AI, it can happen. So that part is awesome. That being said, it's still just a tool. And the tool can't think for you. It can only pull what's already been created and build on that. So I think that's important to keep in mind. And and, and it scans a really broad database. So if you're trying to use AI to create all of your messaging, you're only going to get inputs that have already been put in before. It only knows what to create based on inputs. So to create a unique brand and something that's authentic for you, um, to clarify your message, it's it's not going to help you get past that hurdle. What it can help you do is improve your message to clarify your message, help your writing, uh, give you prompts and ideas. And when you use it as a tool, it's extremely powerful in that way. When you depend on it to be your marketing branch, your your marketing department, come up with all your copywriting, you're selling yourself short and you're not really using the tool as intended, even though it's often marketed in that way. If you're not creating the inputs for the tool to, to specifically reference back to, there are some applications out there that allow you to do that. It's just going to be pulling from the internet and it's it's grabbing generic information. And the whole point of creating your unique brand is to move away from that. So it actually only kind of further exacerbates the problem. But I highly encourage people to learn how to use it as a tool. And in that way, it's it's great as a little sidekick when you're copywriting um, to help you stir up some ideas, but then you got to put in the work yourself. It doesn't replace doing the work for sure. Yeah, nothing does, right? That's one of the things about being an investor or a real estate professional or an agency owner is that work is a four-letter word for a reason. We all have to do it. Yes. Right? <laughs> so um, as, I, as I think about what we're talking about, if I'm a syndicator looking for this, what are the questions I should be asking myself to know if I need to do things to quote elevate my brand like you said? Because that's that can be a very subjective statement and someone someone else's beautiful brand is someone else's junk. How do we know the difference? That's a really good question. And one, talk to your trusted colleagues. Get their opinions on how you're present, how you are being presented. Ask some of your investors. Hey, what do you think about our branding? The ones that you trust that are in that inner circle. Secondly, a book came to mind as you were asking this question: Vivid Vision. I think this is an awesome read. It's very short. It requires a lot of work once you commit to doing the work. But this is mapping out what a three-year trajectory looks like for you. Where are you going to be at your in in three years? At this point, in three years, what do you want your career to look like, your life to look like as a whole. Take that compared to where you are right now and work backwards to build in the steps. And that might tell you where you have to go. And then we can align your brand to where you have to go. That could be a and that, very insightful exercise. Yeah. And that's a great thing to do when you're trying to break your golden handcuffs in general. You know, I talk often on this podcast about it's not if it's when you lose your job. Yeah. And if you have, if you have golden handcuffs, the objective has always been to build your plan. And that vivid vision is a way to create your plan 
in addition to your job because it may or may not be the core of what your vision is going forward as a as an investor and maybe your vision as an investor is to do one flip every 3 years great that will yield some results it probably won't get you to replace your job but maybe you don't want to or maybe the vision is to uh as a syndicator to go from offering one offering to bringing out five to market in three years. And there's a very different track track and, and path for that. So I love that idea. Yeah. It's supposed to be, I've heard of the book. I've never read it, but I know it's a, a great read. It's a great read. It's a great exercise. And maybe that's why, where, why I'm here today. I did read that book. Uh, it was not with, it was less than three years ago. And my full-time job, that lifestyle was not in my vision. Very clearly, nowhere was that life in my vision. I knew I wanted to build a business and I wanted to create something. I wanted to really sink my teeth into something and build it. So uh, I think that has a lot to do with where I'm at right now. I'm on the path to executing my vision. My vision. Yeah, I love hearing that. And, and for those of you that are thinking about what, what do I do to get out of this rat race, Adrian is a good example of that. Many of the people on the, on the show have been good examples of that. And it's not always about quitting your job either. No. I was in, I was talking today with a guy in, in Canada who lives by Niagara Falls and he has five different side hustles and keeps his job because he likes it. Very different scenario. We don't all hate the job. We don't all love the job. There's all kinds of different ways to make a life that is abundant and joyful and happy. Yeah. And I, I loved my job. It was really rewarding. I really enjoyed the people that I worked with. It just didn't allow for the freedom to pursue other passions. And there's so much that I'm passionate about. And I came to terms with the fact like, okay, I did it. I accomplished this. Let's move on. Let's try something else. Let's tackle the next challenge. I really had to separate myself from the idea that you're in a career for the lifetime until you reach 59 and a half and you get to retire. I never loved that, that idea anyways. I always wanted to start something up, find success. Okay. Next one. Okay. Next one. I didn't need to make a massive journey of that experience. I'd put in the time. I had a, I reached goals that I didn't ever think of prior to getting into the industry. And I was happy with where I was at. I had set myself up with some real estate, always a phenomenal idea. Get yourself some, some real estate in your portfolio and you've got some choices, but you know, I did not have a vast portfolio at all. I have a relatively small Airbnb portfolio and it doesn't pay all the bills, but it certainly gave me the comfortability to make some choices. And that's really what you want, an opportunity to make choices. Yeah, that's beautiful because it gives you the opportunity to choose where your values lie. I talk about three kinds of freedoms. There's economic freedom, there's time freedom, and there's geographic freedom. Yeah. And what you're saying is that the Airbnbs gave you a little bit of economic freedom. To, yeah. to choose to choose more in your life. Yeah, absolutely. Yeah, love that. So we've been talking now about 20 minutes. And my question for you, I've always got a couple of questions I ask people. First, what's the best piece of advice you wish you had had 10 years ago? Something you know today that you wish you had known a decade ago? The best piece of advice that I wish I had known a decade ago. It kind of touches on what we were just talking about, that it's okay to break the mold, that it's okay to do big, 
crazy challenging things. A decade ago, I was sitting what I thought was comfortably in a comfortable job and nothing really felt, it didn't feel right for me. And I was talking about all of my goals, my future goals, how I was going to live my life, but I wasn't taking the action. So I wish the 10 year ago me was more about taking the action. And right now life is all about action. And with action produces opportunities. And action produces results as well. Yeah, exactly. Absolutely. No doubt about that. Yeah. Uh, the converse of that thing that you wish you had known, what's something you followed that, wish, that you wish you had ignored? <laughs> yeah, it's a very similar situation. I actually, I think this came from a place of, um, uh, they had good intentions when they said this, but um, if you don't know what to do, don't do anything at all. And I've come to realize that that phrase just keeps you on the fence. I, that was probably one of the worst pieces of, of advice that I had followed in life. I spent probably an extra year or two working in a company, just sitting, thinking, stewing about things when really just take a move left or right, pick one. It doesn't necessarily need to be the right choice. And this is the action. You just have to take a choice, make a choice and go down one path. If it doesn't work, you can always go down the other path. Nobody's, you're not stuck there forever, but sitting and stewing gets you nowhere besides more stewed. And that's, nobody needs that. <laughs> you get boiled up. You become the frog yeah. in the hot pot. You just exactly. boil yourself out, right? Yeah. yeah, that's fascinating. You know, I'm mentoring a student at the University of Colorado and he and I were meeting last week and he's he's studying real estate and he's studying finance and he's he's studying personal finance. So corporate finance and personal. And he's trying to figure out which path he's going to go down. And I asked him, I'm like, why do you have to pick a path today? You're 20 years old. Mm -hmm. And it blew his mind because everybody was telling him he had to pick a path. And I'm like, for what reason? And and I think what that's what you're talking about is that you don't have to pick the path. You have right. to pick a path. Yeah. Stay in motion. Do something. Just start moving. Keep moving. And that's going to lead you somewhere else. And you're always free to change your mind and make different decisions. I love that. Stay in motion. So that, that takes me to another question. Is there some sort of thought or axiom or quote that moves you? that you'd love to share with our listeners? Sure. I, I Stay in motion is definitely one of them. Um, something you and I talk a lot about is brick by brick. Just lay a brick when there's this insurmountable goal ahead of you, one brick at a time. I probably say that to myself every day. Um, something yeah, let's that, push that out a little bit. That's something that's okay. a really unique analogy, right? So I actually also, in case you don't know this, guys, I have a coaching business and Adrian and I do some work together. And tell me more about this brick by brick thing. What is that? Oh, it helps me understand that every day, one brick at a time is going to get you to the full house. You have to lay the foundation first and then just putting down one brick gets you that much closer to completing a wall and then completing a room and then the full house. If you're just aiming to put the roof on top, you've really missed a lot. So it just keeps me level and reminded that one break at a time is all you need to do today. Sorry about that. One brick at a time. One brick at a time. So yeah, that's been really powerful for me. I love that. And, uh, 
you know, I know we were talking offline and you've got an offer right now for people that you wanted to share with our listeners. What, what's the, what's the exciting new offer from Hayraise? Yeah, I'm really excited about this. So coming into 2024, I realized that there is a huge need to help people expand their social media offerings and take a lot of that work off their plate using my team, my designers, and AI as a tool, which we do use as a tool, we can help clients complete a full month's worth of content and be their social media marketing team. So that's really the newest package that we're rolling out in 2024. Um, so that's that's really exciting on top of doing all the other branding work and pitch decks and websites that we that we typically do as well. Awesome. So social media content creation is part of the offering now. And yeah. as a guy that hates that, that excites me a great deal. Yeah. Yeah. It, so, it's um, so you know, and I know that we had talked a little bit more that you were going to the the next Raise Fest, which happens in a couple of weeks. And I think this time, where is it? It's in Phoenix. Is that right? Yeah, it's in Phoenix. And actually, um, we are running a, a promotion, if you will. I'm, I'm not really sure what to call it, but I just wanted to bring my my unique ability to the conference, which I went last year and it 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 really set me on the right path. This conference is awesome. I owe a lot to the Raise Masters community. Uh, it's just a great group of people. So I really wanted to bring my unique ability to this conference and help people out. So what we're doing is we're setting up a photo shoot. And I'm actually going to be flying in one of uh, one of my one of my photographers. Uh, she's amazing, and we have some time slots available in the morning on the 22nd and the 23rd. And we just want people to freshen up their headshots for the year. This is always something that's on people's to do list, and it's a little bit miserable. A lot of people don't love being in front of the camera, but we'll make this fun. You're already going to look great going into the conference, so let's snap some beautiful images of you, and you'll have a fresh image to add to your rotation of headshots for the year. Sweet. So if you're going to be at Race Fest and you want some headshots to meet Adrian and her team, you can reach out to her here and tell us what's the best way to contact you. Um, really straightforward. Hit me up on email. Hi at adrianray.com. Simple as that. A-D-R-I-A-N-R-A-E. Uh, I'd love to connect. If you want to do a little brand audit, let's let's chat. Awesome. Well, th- Thank you so much, Adrian, for joining us. And uh, we'll put all that in the show notes for the listeners. And uh, you've been listening to another episode of Break Your Golden Handcuffs. Thanks so much. <laughs>